Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome into episode number 484 of underground sports philadelphia it's matt and kb coming at you from underground studios we've got a lot to dive into tonight here on thanksgiving eve uh you know obviously the the big news that came across today with bryce harper we'll get into that we'll get into the birds we'll get into the sixers and of course we'll get into survivor 43 uh, unfortunate end for our guy. Our streak is over. The streak has come to an end. Uh, but before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. And of course, you can watch every Wednesday show, twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Make sure you check out the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps the show continue to grow to where we want to get this thing going into uh, right on the horizon. It's sneakily coming up on us, five years of Underground Sports Philadelphia. But leave a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. You get full video episodes of this show twice a week. And, of course, every podcast on our network as well. Uh, so be sure to subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your thoughts on everything Matt and I talk about tonight. And a uh, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. Just wrapped up uh, some World Cup talk on top bins. Make sure you guys go check that out as well. But big news coming across just a, an hour or so ago. Bryce Harper did have Tommy John surgery today on that elbow. And it is expected to keep him out until after the All-Star game break. Uh, so we will have Bryce in the second half of 2023. It just sucks that, you know. You, you think of 13 years of Bryce Harper, and now you've had a pandemic-shortened season. You've had Bryce Harper getting hit in the face MVP season. Now you have Bryce Harper getting hit in the hand-slash-elbow ligament injury that shortened his season for about two months, and now he won't be playing for the Phillies again until July. Yeah, very frustrating. Um, you'd like to have your best players available <laughs> for the whole season. But, uh, you know, listen miss harper for a, a chunk of this past season and we're somehow able to still play good ball so have to uh have to depend on other players to, to step up have to address some of that maybe depth over uh, you know these next few weeks and, and next months of the off season so hopefully we're able to do that it, it just sucks you know we, we're at least able to have him as a dh 
for you know most of the last season and you know we obviously didn't have his fielding not that he's like a, a gold glover necessarily but you know we were still able to, to benefit a lot from his hitting and that's going to be a big loss but you have to hope that this team finds a way to, to overcome that you know and you you look at it now and you know the Phillies added Johan Rojas to their 40-man roster last week but do you think, because I'm still kind of on the fence about it once I saw it, do you think it changes the trajectory of what Dave Dombrowski, who we'll get into as well, uh, does this offseason? Like, obviously, shortstop, you know, Trey Turner's, Hander Bogarts, they have been in the mouths of, of Phillies Twitter and, you know, reporters since the offseason began and even before then with Trey Turner. Um, you know, starting pitching is is a, a it's not necessarily as big of a need um, as I think shortstop is now that Gene Segura is gone um, as a free agent. But now, like, do you go and get a guy who can play right field defensively so you can keep Nick Castellanos at the DH and kind of help your outfield defense a little bit more? Not that Nick, you know, down the stretch in the postseason was fantastic defensively, but, um, you know, for uh, an April to mid-July stretch, do you want Nick Castellanos out in the outfield or do you want him kind of focusing on bouncing back as a hitter, which is uh, the main reason you signed him, and then you go get somebody who can play the outfield a little bit and help you defensively? Does Nick Castellanos have his Adderall prescription? Because <laughs> then, yes, uh, I'm fine with him playing outfield and his focus being Should ask charged. Carlos Ruiz. <laughs> um, I, I think probably the most likely outcome is this just encourages, I think, Nebraska great like a platoon guy. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and I think we've done that almost every offseason at this point, tried out something. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be, I think, the, the way this gets addressed. Because realistically, too, like, you can't be making, like, big roster decisions based on you know, uh, someone being unavailable for, like, four or five months, you know, knowing that they're going to come back and no one's displacing Bryce Harper, you know, in, in the hitting lineup. And, yeah, you know, you have, obviously, like, a lot of talent that you've paid a lot of money for. So you're not going to be like breaking bank here, but I do think you get like a serviceable, you know, wins above replacement type of guy, a replacement level player <laughs> and, uh, you know, have that just kind of work out for you for a few months. And yeah, like the ideal thing too, like you said, is Castellanos being to, to DH again and, and having that opportunity because, you know, we, we saw it in like some flashes last season, like the, of sort of the, the guy you expected on the whole, I would say like a, a disappointing season from Castellanos, um, in, in production wise but uh yeah if we can get that playoff uh defensive performances out of him yeah maybe he stays <laughs> stays in the outfield i'll give you the list here from mlb.com of the right fielders that they have uh highlighted as free agents you tell me if you'd rather have them in the fold uh you know just being out there in the outfield every day from april to now mid-july uh obviously not going to happen but this right fielder group headlined by Aaron Judge. Hey, why not? Let's make a push. <laughs> why not? Why not us? Why not us? Uh, From the center. What, what could go wrong? No big deal. <laughs> finally, finally figure out our center field position. <laughs> Mitch Hanniger, uh, who I wouldn't mind that, obviously, uh, with the Seattle Mariners, has had some injury issues uh, over the past couple of seasons, but I, would, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on 32-year-old Mitch Hanniger, his – Wins above replacement at a 3.3, which is the second best to Aaron Judge's 16.9. Um, he's a quality defensive outfielder. He can hit the ball. And I think once Bryce comes back, too, he's like a very, very 
above average solid fourth outfielder. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next up, I kind of don't want anything to do with because I think he's more of a first baseman than a right fielder, Will Myers from the San Diego Padres, but his wins above replacement, 3.0. Uh, he's also 32 years old. Uh, Tyler Naquin, 32 years old as well, a war of 1.5. Here's another interesting one because he is a Scott Boris guy. Didn't play last year because he's bouncing back from injury. We could steal another guy from the Mets, Michael Conforto, <laughs> at age 30. I think if you're going to sign somebody to to play right field, that's the type of guy I think the Phillies are going to be targeting. I do like the way the uh, Phillies announcer pronounces Michael Michael Conforto. <laughs> so I would actually, you know, just for that, like aesthetics alone, I think I'd be into that. And I mean, he's not a bad player. Obviously, we haven't seen him in a little over a year because of the injury he sustained to his shoulder, but... I feel like if the Phillies are going to go that route of signing a, a, a platoon type of guy to replace Bryce for the time being, it's going to be a Conforto type. Uh, then you have Aristides Aquino, who I believe was with the Reds, uh, 29 years old, of 0.6 wins above replacement. And then uh, you have Willie Castro, who is 26, with a 0.6 wins above replacement. And then the next three guys, a little bit older, negative war, uh, Dexter Fowler, Stephen Piscotty, Cole Calhoun. I like Cole Calhoun as a name alone. Uh, Former Angel. I'm just comparing all these guys to uh, to see. Mitch Hanniger had like a pretty pretty nice season last year. Like, yeah, I think I like Mitch Hanniger a lot. If you're talking like fill in, that's a that's a nice little spot for us. I like him a lot. Um, but obviously this week too, announced Dave Dombrowski. Signed through 2027. Uh, Surprising. Not going to Nashville anytime soon, it seems. Uh, I like the move. I think Dave has done a fantastic job so far, uh, kind of righting the wrongs of Andy McPhail and Matt Klentek. Not that, you know, it was that difficult to right the wrongs of those two. Um, but I, I think Dave Dombrowski has done a fantastic job so far, helping, you know, push the Phillies to the postseason, push them to the World Series this year, making the necessary moves uh, to make them a much better contender of a team and uh, for him to be here for the next five seasons, you know, 23, 24, 25, 26, and 27 is is huge. Yeah. Just back on Mitch Hanniger, every season that he's been healthy, he's been very good. an all-star or like an, not like a series MVP candidate, but has gotten MVP votes. Yeah. So like very good outfielder for the Seattle, Seattle Mariners. I'm, I'm fully in. If we don't get this guy, I'm ending it all. So that's, <laughs> I'm all the way locked in. We're on Trey watch. We're on Mitch watch. Uh, Dombrowski. I, yeah, I, it's interesting because I mean, he has sort of retooled this team in, in a very positive way. And you know we were very close, obviously winning some hardware, you know this uh, this past fall. So um, I don't hate it. I think you know um, he's not like the best, but he's not the worst. He's like a good stepdad. You know, it's like mm -hmm. I'll never have. I don't have history with this guy. I don't know that I love him, but he, you know he makes my mom happy. You know, like it's like, <laughs> and he, he certainly did some things to win us over this year. Yeah, like he he like he like took the whole family on a vacation. You know, yeah. like wow, this guy's actually like kind of cool. All right. Like, you know, he's uh, he's an overall just, like, fine. He's a, he's a fine guy. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, I don't know if you saw, too, the, the story about Rob Thompson that came out this week as well, uh, where he kind of told 
pretty much everyone on the team that he had one more year as a bench coach after the 2021 season, then he was going to hang him up. Uh, and then Girardi gets fired, and now he's the manager of the team for the next two years. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Ain't it funny how it works? Funny how life works. Uh, also, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, because I think it makes way more sense than I think we're putting value into. You know, we've obviously talked about Carlos Rodon, the, the hilarity that it would be if we signed Jacob deGrom. I think the Phillies should be all in on Justin Verlander. That would be hilarious. I would love it. Uh, Kate Upton was talking that talk in the uh, the the stadium with with fans and definitely give off some uh, some Philly energy there. Um, let's see. Let's see what MLB.com is saying. He's uh, got history with Dombrowski from their time in Detroit. He does. Dombrowski drafted him, so they have potential they, shooters as as the Astros, of course. Uh, Which I'm kind of putting a little like hesitance on him going back to the Astros because the Astros GM is no longer there now. He wanted to get like a, a big contract extension pay raise type situation, I think. And the Astros were like, nah, and he's gone. So the guy who brought him in uh, from Detroit is no longer there. So I don't know what that level of trust is like with Verlander and the entire front office as a whole with the Astros. So that's why I think it makes it a little more enticing if the Phillies wanted to go after him because he has that history with Dombrowski. Yeah, I, I'm just curious what his price would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Mets, the Rangers have been linked with, like, everyone. Everyone. Um, this this offseason so far. Not that they didn't spend almost a billion dollars last offseason yeah. and won 66 games. <laughs> yeah, I'm very because they're, they're apparently high on the, the Rodon sweepstakes, too. Um, and DeGrom. It's kind of your usual suspects here. You know, I – Yankees, Dodgers, Blue Jays would be fascinating, but mm-hmm. I think there's there's a little bit of uh, cause for concern. He's forty. Yeah, I know that he had a he had he's, he is the t- like he's the Tom Brady of baseball right now. Yeah, like and it's just like, do you really want to bet that you're not going to be stuck with the bag? Right. You know, like that's that I think is the concern because it's at that age too. Like any like small injury becomes much more. Mm-hmm dangerous i mean this was a guy too that a few years ago didn't seem like was ever gonna pitch again yeah you like can't can't lose sight of that <laughs> um it's been kind of crazy too where some of these like unusual suspect teams have been very active so far in free agency and a lot of other teams have just kind of been quiet i guess waiting until december to to get ready for free agency but the angels have made a lot of moves yeah and you know, it, it's some some notable guys going to the Angels. Tyler Anderson, who was linked to the Phillies uh, quite a bit a couple seasons ago via trade, uh, and then you know goes to the Dodgers and has a bounce back All Star season. Now he's with the Angels. He was somebody that was on the radar for the Phillies this off season as well uh, to kind of come in and be behind, you know, Wheeler Nola and you know pivot him in there either in front of or behind Ranger Suarez. Um, and then they go get Gio Urshela, and then they go get Hunter Renfro, not the receiver from the Raiders. Um, it is spelled differently for uh, for those yeah for those who are challenged by uh, <laughs> by just the audio form. But I mean, you look at a team like the Angels, who we joke all the time, like they have two of the best baseball players we've ever seen, and they can never even get out of their own division. Going and making moves, I, I'm just curious why some of the bigger name teams 
are kind of still hesitant to go out and, you know, start shaking up the, the free agent market a little bit. I think you're seeing, like, the teams that are desperate to make those moves make them. Yeah. You know, like, they, they don't have the time necessarily to be maybe patient and try and get a little, like, extract a little value out of, like, certain spots. They have to go out and be aggressive. Um, I feel like the Angels every offseason were like, wow, man, they're I like their moves. And then it's like, by May. <laughs> like, well... <laughs> Looking forward to seeing what the uh, what they dredge out of the free agency market in November. You know, like it's just uh, I don't know. It's it, it must be very frustrating for, for Angels fans. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Thankful that we have Brandon Marsh here. Yeah, we saved him. Um, but you know, it, it's it's going to be a wild free agency with baseball too because it seems like every week there's a new Japanese player that's being posted as well or like in talks of being posted. So I think that's going to throw so many like wrenches into this free agency period for baseball that we're going to see. And obviously the Phillies are linked to one of these guys. So we'll see if that happens. And I'm wondering if that's like the first, you know, domino to fall that makes a lot of sense too. You know, if you avoid the free agent market, bringing over the guy from Japan who plays right field and Bryce Harper's his idol Back to, to fill in for him for <laughs> four months. That would be nice. Would be pretty sweet. Um, so maybe that's what the Phillies are waiting for is him to get posted and then just throw him the bag to be, uh, the right fielder, uh, in the interim. Uh, apparently Steph Curry helped, uh, pitch Aaron judge on, uh, on joining the San Francisco Giants. So I wonder if, uh, Steph's pitch to Aaron judge was better than Dak Prescott's pitch to Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, God alive. Has there ever been a more public free agency courting that ultimately is going to mean absolutely nothing? No shade to Odell Beckham because he was terrific in the Super Bowl and then gets injured. I'm sorry, but like, why is everyone throwing themselves at the feet of this guy who's not young, just coming off an ACL injury for the second time, for the second time has been out of like the league for a year. Almost Pretty a year. Much. Like, I, like, is this guy really going to make that big of a, a difference? I'm wondering if it's Like, is more... he that important of a player? No. That it's like, we, like I've never to seen... To those two teams, maybe? I've never in my life seen... It's crazy. A, like, the official team Twitter account talking about... <laughs> just like a, a, pl- a current player having a discussion with a free agent. I've never seen that in any Ever. sport. Like, the, like that's what are we doing? It's beyond <laughs> desperate. I just this isn't even like a Eagles Cowboys. This is just like I would think this is bizarre no matter who did it. Yeah, like I saw uh, a bizarre thing to do. My boy, our boy Matt uh, Panasonic XD forty five hundred on Twitter said, "If the Eagles did this, I would boo them out of Philadelphia." Like, it's just it's worse than desperation what they're doing. Um, and I'm wondering if it's more on Odell's side because, you know, he got his signing bonus from the Rams in Bitcoin and we all know how that's going right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why he's, he's choosing a, a state with, uh, <laughs> with no, uh, <laughs> but they don't have income tax. Right. So <laughs> it's maybe. unreal. Um, but we are on, uh, you know, back to the Phillies real quick. We're still on Trey watch. We're still on, uh, Xander watch too. Um, it is pretty fascinating that both of those guys, the first team that they've really been linked with outside of their own is the Phillies. And obviously there's connections uh, for both guys to this team, but it is nice knowing that the Phillies are that like premier free agent destination again, 
a lot of that having to do with Bryce, you know, choosing here. Um, but, you know, it seems like year after year now, we had Bryce, we had Zach Wheeler, then you have Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos choosing to come here. Um, the Phillies being that premier free agent destination, again, is is a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to, like, uh, like I call it, like, Photoshop season, you know? Like yeah. Seeing guys Photoshop the New Jersey, it's cool to be, like, a part of that uh, discussion. I guess the Phillies never a, a really like a big philadelphia in general never a big mm-hmm. like free agency destination um i mean bryce has been the biggest free agency acquisition probably ever <laughs> like, yeah just uh, in terms of contract and like and profile and um talent levels mm-hmm. i mean really like it's not there's very few players that we've gotten uh as free agents like that so yeah i think it, i think baseball wise it's bryce Cliff Lee when he came back and Jim Tomey. Yeah. You know, I think those were like the three premier, like big time free agents. And I think you can throw Zach Wheeler in that conversation now too. Like the way he's performed in a Phillies uniform. I think he's at a Cliff Lee standard for sure. Has like far exceeded any expectation, especially when he was on the free agent market the same time as Garrett Cole. And you see what Garrett Cole has done in a New York Yankees uniform compared to what Zach Wheeler's done. And I think a lot of people, would say they'd rather take Zach Wheeler's resume in a Phillies uniform than Garrett Cole's in a Yankees. The contract ain't had bad either. Exactly. That, what, like a quarter of Garrett Cole's price? And no sticky stuff. No sticky stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are, uh, we're in the full swing of MLB free agency, and we're in the full swing of uh, the Eagles being 9-1, and one, getting set for Sunday night football in the blackout uniforms, and our Eagles segment tonight brought to you by our good friends over at Trophy Smack. Guys, you've probably been in some fantasy leagues like myself uh, for a decade, and your league's trophy is probably a decade old, if not more, and you need to upgrade your fantasy smack talk. You guys can go to trophysmack.com slash underground. It's linked in the description uh, on audio and on the YouTube channel, and you can check out. They got belts. They got rings trophies last place trophies if your league is petty like that and now they have metal wall art that you can get made uh for your fantasy leagues uh they've got it all it's the best way to upgrade your fantasy smack talk go to trophysmack.com slash underground and upgrade your fantasy smack talk today matt the eagles are debuting their blackout uniforms this sunday night at the link against the packers and allegedly aaron Rodgers has had a broken thumb since the Packers played in London against the Giants, and the Eagles are fortunate to be at nine and one after a very uh, tough nail-biting game against the Colts, but uh, you know, going into this matchup, I'm feeling a little bit better uh, thanks to the free agent acquisitions that the Eagles made with Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph. I think they were big-time reasons the Eagles were even able to win that game uh, on Sunday, but going up against the Packers. They are such a wild card team, even in their current state. You know, you see what they do uh, in some of these games this year, and then somehow, some way, are still the kryptonite to the Dallas Cowboys and pull off a, a big time win against them. So you can't exactly count the Packers out, but Sunday night at the link at 8:25 p.m., it's going to be absolutely electric. You know, to kind of cap off this holiday weekend. New helmets in the fold for the Eagles, too, to kind of complete the full blackout uniform. Uh, 
and whenever they roll out the the blackout uniforms, it's always you know that game means something a little extra in the regular season. Um, but I think your biggest task, especially now knowing that it's public knowledge that Aaron Rodgers has a broken thumb, you got to be able to shut down the other Aaron, and that's Aaron Jones. Yeah, uh, who I think is got a questionable tag, but it's Wednesday, so you know you often see like the the rest days for for a lot of guys today, but. Um, yeah, I think the Eagles in that Colts win too showed a lot of what maybe detractors would have wanted to see, which is Jalen Hurts making a big drive at the end of the game and see some big defensive stops, you know, in that game too. Uh, Colts in a little bit of like resurgence now, uh, so not the, the easiest place to go and, and win. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I mean, this is one that it felt like we highlighted so much at the beginning of the year, and now it's it's interesting just such a, def- uh, a different feeling, a different vibe around this game than maybe what we were expecting and just how bad the Packers have been this year. Um, to obviously get one over on the Cowboys, but that felt like, you know, a little bit of uh, nine times out of ten, I think Dallas closes that game out. Um, you know, bringing, was they were 195-0 and 0 going <laughs> into the fourth quarter with a lead like that. So, um, yeah, I think if the Eagles play the way they have and – the Packers play the way they have this year. The Eagles should be winning this game. Um, and I, I, I believe that is what will happen. Yeah, I, I'm feeling good about, you know, especially like you said, you know, it's kind of a statement from Jalen Hurts in that game to drive down the field and, uh, you know, cap it off with a, a game-winning touchdown on his own, put the team on his back. I, I said on Sunday's show that came out on Monday, um, that that was a an MVP resume builder for Jalen Hurts. Even though the game was ugly, he made some mistakes in it as well. For him to be able to have the composure, drive the team down the field, get the passing touchdown to Quez Watkins, and then get that game-winning touchdown to uh, to lock in the win for the Eagles, that's something that at the end of the season people are going to look at and be like, okay, he put the team on his back. He did what you know everyone expects of the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, you know those MVP candidates that you see year in and year out. And I think right now the MVP candidacy uh, in the NFL is just a two dog race where we sit right now. And I think it's Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, uh, Mahomes is going to be tough to catch. I think he has like the the name recognition, and the Chiefs have really turned it up. They've had like a ton of primetime games too that I think that always kind of turns into a narrative story uh, a lot of times and yeah, I think the Chiefs he's kind of been left to the wilderness like the last like two seasons mm-hmm. you know in these like MVP discussions and I think people like kind of want to he's so young enough in his career too that people aren't afraid to like return to the well because again it, it is all narrative driven uh, so the Chiefs if they continue the way that they are it's probably Mahomes uh, for MVP but Hertz has been you know good like I I, yeah. I don't know you know I think we're talking about MVP guys. It's it's usually one of those top seeds and the quarterback of one of those top seeds, and um, you know we'll we'll see where he gets counted among that narrative. But I do think Mahomes is probably the more likely. Yeah, I think the the biggest way Jalen Hurts walks away with the MVP this season is the Eagles finishing with the best record in the NFL, yeah, which they currently have, uh, and I think it helps too, in a weird sense. And we'll see. Obviously, you still have a game against the Cowboys to go and two against the Giants. But if if he can win those games, I think it'll go a long way because of how good record-wise the Giants and Cowboys have been this year. Obviously, you know, keeping the NFC East extremely competitive where you look at Patrick Mahomes' division, it's been kind of the opposite with, you know, a, a very dysfunctional Raiders team, the Chargers being up and down, and the Broncos just being an absolute nightmare. 
uh, from what everyone expected. So I think that might play a little part into it, just, you know, the way that you play against your divisional opponents and just seeing on paper how good the Giants and Cowboys have been if Jalen Hurts can, you know, pull out wins against those uh, two teams, you know, three times in the final month of the season. I think that'll go a long way as well for, you know, people finally starting to open their eyes and realize Jalen Hurts is an NFL caliber quarterback and deserves some recognition for it. He's only 24. Yeah, and he's improved every year in the league too, which is which is uh, so rare. Which, yeah, not not very common at all. Um, you know, if you talk about the like guys like Justin Fields, right? Like Jalen Hurts is a little bit of that blueprint where starting to see flashes of what he can do. There's still like questions, and I think even there's still some questions about Jalen Hurts and and his performance, right? Um, especially against like man coverage, but we'll see. You know, like I I think the the playoffs is really going to be the litmus test ultimately because it's it's fine or whatever to be like a, a player or a quarterback that can lead your team to regular season success, like Dak, Dak Prescott, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have to be able to win in the playoffs. Ultimately, that's that's what matters. 100%. And, I mean, you look at some of the teams around the league with young quarterbacks, and, I mean, the Jets are already benching Zach Wilson. They're above 500, uh, and they're they're just over his his attitude and his demeanor already. Oh, and is he had an a- attitude problem? I don't think I've ever – No. Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> what a menace. Um, it's just funny. To, to see, like, Jets fans in particular, like, they champion this guy. Like, he's our baby. Like, you know, he's going to take us to the promised land. And not even two full years later, like, they've completely turned on him. Absolutely hilarious. I, I love every second of it. It's beautiful. Um, and hopefully, I mean, for the Eagles, Jordan Davis should be back after this game. I think he's eligible to come off of IR, which will be huge because Derrick Henry is uh, no tall task to uh to overstep but um eagles packers is going to be a fun little nightcap to uh a long holiday weekend that i'm looking forward to and hopefully uh i i think the way i'm i'm looking at it you want the giants to win on thanksgiving because then that kind of splits the the tiebreaker that the cowboys currently have over the giants in the division and it kind of comes down to overall record for for the playoffs and everything uh, and then we're rooting for the New England Patriots of all teams to beat the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Coupons ran out of coupons against the Cowboys. Who would have thought? Who would have thought thunk? we'd be here? Four twenty-five is indeed prime time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> is if the if the, if I think it changes with the season too, where it gets dark now a little yeah. earlier. Like that's that's kind of just even it. in the dome, it is uh, it's prime time. Kirk Cousin. It was very funny seeing some Vikings fans on Twitter too saying if this game was at one o'clock it'd be different. <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh man. Um but you know, from the Eagles, we go to uh what a what a wild internet night last night was, uh down at the Wells Fargo Center. We have uh earlier in the day on Ben Simmons' Instagram story, a selfie with Howard Eskin. Jesus Christ. I had no fucking clue what universe we were living in. Um, truly, and... truly passed into the ether with that one. <laughs> and then uh, the Sixers down every player you could imagine. Pull out a, a big win against the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, Ben Simmons just absolutely, again, looking like a big stupid head. Shushing the crowd. And then claiming he thought it would have been louder. It's like, buddy, you were Shut telling him to be quiet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, very, very funny uh, for Tobias Harris to commit to the bit 
that is the Philadelphia 76ers and having a Tobias Harris game in the game where everyone else was out. Yep. And Doc to like strangely coach very well yeah. in this game. Keyball Paul playing well, like out actually the getting mud. minutes. Like I just uh man, what a what a re entry it's been for me too for like you know, I, I kind of cut the Sixers out of my life. It's still been hard with the World Cup because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm dedicating time during the day. It's just, But obviously I had to watch this one because it's it's the return of the, the prodigal son <laughs> as it was. Um, damn, it felt good. Yeah. <laughs> damn, did it feel good to, to not lose that one. I think it's hilarious that essentially the entire starting roster is out for this game, and mm-hmm. yet we still handle the Nets. Um, I think that's a, a huge indictment of their – their current ability and and what they are as a team. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad it's kind of over though. I, I'm glad like each time Ben returns, it'll be a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we kind of got it out of the way now though, and and not not to say like this is it. We'll never talk about it again, but it'll, it'll never be like this level level again. It'll, like it's just it is just kind of exhausting. I'm glad I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we got our win. Um, I'm glad everyone like publicly now recognizes that he's a giant baby and a fraud. And that's it. We can all just move on with our lives. Misses free throws. Yes. So everybody got their their free chicken. Shout out, shout out to the chicken. Um, and then uh, I I think the unsung hero of of everyone being out right now is DeAnthony Mountain. Yeah, uh, one of the the best pickups I think of the uh, <laughs> the entire off season. The entire off season, and I think in, in recent Sixers history too. Um, if we could clone him, have like three other uh, D'Anthony Mountains, we'd be in a very good spot. I'll say that much. He, he's just like born to play here. Like, yeah, he fit right in. You know, he he, he's a he's slowly becoming a fan favorite, and I think it's only going to grow as you know some of these guys are out with injury. Uh, hopefully, Joel is back sooner rather than later. Um, I don't know. Did I I I might have missed you know Tyrese Maxey how long he's going to be out. Um. It's not long. I, I think it's only. Is it, um, is it a typical reevaluated in two weeks? It's it's three to four weeks. Okay. Um, with a foot injury, so. Yeah. So, so hopefully Maxie's okay. You know, coming back and everything. Um, and we should be getting, hardened back like early December, maybe. Strained foot. Who knows what that means? <laughs> uh, but it has been nice, you know. Not every teammate has to do it. It has been nice that James Harden has been like at every game, very supportive, like of no, the guys who are playing. Care about basketball, God, he's just like he's a terrible teammate, terrible person. He's overweight, yeah, doesn't care. Never has cared. Yep, not day in his life. <laughs> uh, but before we dive more into uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, make sure you guys check out our merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. They are the official merch provider of Underground Sports Philadelphia and all of our podcasts uh, with their unique designs. There's no doubt you're going to stand out in the crowd at the link, at the Farg, uh, and when the springtime rolls around Citizens Bank Park or at Subaru Park You know, with the Union. Uh, and you guys can rep your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast now as well. We have our own uh, subsection on the storefront at PHI Apparel Company. Uh, so you guys can use our code underground for 10% off at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co and use code underground for 10% off. And in the coming days, there's going to be a big time, uh, you know, first wave merch capsule that we have dropping with all of our shows and everything. 
uh, that you won't want to miss. So shout out to our merch partners. Go check them out. It's the best way you can support us uh, for, you know, continuing to grow this thing uh, as a company, you know, and help us uh, grow financially. Uh, so go check out our merch partners, phiapparel.co. Sixers playing the uh, the the evergreen team tonight, the Charlotte Hornets. We are always playing the Charlotte Hornets in some some, some dimension, some form. <laughs> there, there's some it. alternate universe. Always on a back-to-back. Yes. <laughs> like. There's some alternate universe where the Sixers' 82-game schedule is just against the Hornets. And we would be 80-2, and two, I think. Probably. <laughs> that, that, that maths. The math be math. Um, yeah, it always seems like it is on a back-to-back one way or another, whether it's home or away. Um, I'm slowly just beginning to believe Kyle Newbeck and everybody else that Doc's not getting fired. Yeah, because here's why, especially when you have so many starters injury injured, mm-hmm. there's it's like a, there's a built-in, like, well, you know, couldn't, couldn't do much with it. It's like, Christ, we're really... <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe we're gonna second round exit. Here we come. Flush another season down the drain. That's what I think has me most <sighs> disinterested in like really logging into the Sixers again. I just can't do it. It's so frustrating emotionally. It's very hard, very hard caring about this team. Yeah, especially after like the uh, the September to early November run we had with you know just the Eagles' success so far, the Phillies going to the World Series, the Union in the MLS Cup, like. That was excitement and like rejuvenation, and the Sixers. It just seems like there's no end in sight to just the the typical let's play 82 games and then just get bounced in the second round. It's a nightmare. We're living a nightmare. <laughs> just, I don't know what circle of Dante's Inferno we're at, but it's uh, it's exhausting. It is, to say the least, quite exhausting. Um, also. The other night, uh, Greg Popovich was out from coaching, so uh, Brett, Bar- Brett Brown was back on the bench uh, coaching for the Spurs, uh, coaching uh, Charles Bassey to being, you know, who would have thunk, a good NBA player. Uh, he and Isaiah Joe absolutely tearing it up on their respective teams and uh, could have been here doing the same thing, but the Sixers hate developing talent. I think we're in l- layer eight of hell from Ooh. Dante Zephyrno, which is fraud. <laughs> That checks out on so many levels. Yep. Bunch of frauds. <laughs> Shout out Howard Askin. <laughs> That's where we are. Good grief. Man. Now now with Dante's Inferno, correct me if I'm does it go from one to eight or does it start and go up? I uh one so one is limbo. Okay, so it goes down. Yeah. And then it goes one to nine, the last being treachery which is the deepest circle of hell where Satan resides. I think we escaped that when we traded for James Harden. And then there's the center of hell, which uh, has Satan himself. (laughs) So I think we escaped the ninth realm when we traded Ben Simmons. Yeah, we we moved the letter back. Um, There was a time that we were in, I don't know, gluttony, when we were just hoovering up picks. It was the process era. Yeah, we just couldn't... Man, we, and then there was some lust in there too. Yeah. Certainly, uh, certainly horny for certain players. <laughs> but Christ, got a little greedy along the way. Got a little greedy along the way, but we are—I think we're firmly in fraud because it's not just—it's uh, those who consciously and willingly commit fraud. Uh, all types of people commit fraud: panderers, seducers, flatterers, 
Sorcerers, astrologers, hypocrites, thieves, false counselors, advisors. Yeah, sounds like us. Yeah, sounds like our jersey sponsor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, what's going on with that? I I was going to bring that up for you, uh, and it's brought to you by our friends at Kenwood Beer. You guys can go and celebrate the holidays with our friends at Kenwood, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Did you accidentally tell your uncle to invest $17,000 in Bitcoin if you're really not looking forward to the awkward Thanksgiving exchange this year? Take a drink. (laughs) Use that all-new and improved Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so, and, of course, please drink responsibly. Matt, when you were uh, out last week, myself and Pat Pitts talked about it a bit, and uh, he he told me, you know, if I didn't have guys like you and Matt in my life, I probably would have been suckered in to this kind of stuff. And it's like, we're happy to help, uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts now that you're back uh, on the entire FTX scandal. Uh, wow, who saw that fucking coming? <laughs> we did! <laughs> I mean, Christ, it was like the most telegraphed thing of all time. I, I'm sorry. I, I feel bad for the people that lost their money in it because they've been defrauded. <laughs> they've been sold a dream about like you know tripling their money or whatever and uh, making it out of uh, you know whatever socioeconomic status they find themselves in. It was clearly just like the most obvious uh, pyramid scheme fraud that I've ever seen in my life. The entire cryptocurrency circuit. Uh, weird that we don't hear a peep about NFTs anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you know, I think people deserve to to lose uh, lose money and status over this because there's a lot of celebrities and people that were happy to like peddle this nonsense, um, and now I think they deserve some uh, some come up. And so I feel bad for the people that got uh, defrauded in this, but ultimately, like there were a large group of those people too that when you tried to convince them that this was a bad idea. Were very rude about uh, and very very locked in, and that they were going to be making tons of money, and that you could, as they would always say, have fun staying poor. So um, have fun uh, petitioning the government to get you your like five thousand V bucks back or whatever yeah. it is. Like I'd... it, uh, it it did blow. Somebody brought this up, and I it never crossed my mind really. So like, obviously, like we have gambling commercials like shoved down our throats now. But you weren't able to advertise gambling until it's regulated. They they had Tom Brady and Giselle advertising FTX like it was like tied. Matt Damon at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. they were throwing it down like it was like like the Got Milk commercial. Yep. Well, you, had to, you had to be bold. <laughs> Fortune favors it. Fortune favors the bold. Um, but I mean, it's also very funny that FTX was the Miami Heat arena sponsor and you know who's back in the fold man <laughs> trying to get the naming rights oh bang bros great trying to name it i mean can it be any worse i mean honestly like it can't be any worse than like a i mean I it gets funnier because they want it to be the bang bros center you shorten that <laughs> what about the bang Bro- bang bros bottom <laughs> yeah um i remember i went to this really uncomfortable meeting for verve which was a popular, yep, like legitimate pyramid scheme. Yes, from when we were younger, and one of their selling points, and one of their, this is like their big people, like companies like this love to do shit like this because it gives them like some form of legitimacy. It's like, well, if we have the naming rights to this. How could we possibly not be legit? It's like as if these people care. You just give them money, and they'll put whatever name they want on. They had a lounge or something at the Phoenix Suns Stadium, 
and that was like Verve's claim to legitimacy. It was like, well, like you think they would let us? And then you hear, read all this shit about Robert Sarver. Like, actually, yeah, I can believe that uh, that maybe the Sun did not uh, do due diligence on who was buying like naming rights for like a bar in their stadium. <laughs> it is just you know, I I just love that if there's anything that we were ahead on, it's the whole crypto NFT bullshit, and that it was fake. Uh, I wonder, you know, not that I care, but I wonder if this does change next year for the Sixers, their Jersey sponsor. Uh, obviously it's not FTX, but it's crypto.com. Um, and they've also been in turmoil probably even longer than FTX with just all the quote unquote crashing. Um, so I wonder if that changes anything. And I wonder if it changes, you know, you guys have talked about it on top ends. We talked about it on here too, with like, you know, some of the uh, Premier League teams taking uh, cryptocurrency sponsor. I wonder if it changes, like, that whole platform. It must. I, like, it has to because I think – I mean, cryptocurrency is built on, like, just nonsense. It's, like, it just like it's outrageous fake. speculation and fraud. And I, I just – it shocks me that we have, like – that it's, it's become, like, this mainstream this quickly and has been able to like find its way into these spots. I I just, I can't believe it. It is. uh, And it's eerie that, you know, we've kind of dealt with similar stuff with the Sixers. Obviously when we, we went on our uh, color star Chronicles last year, FTX was just dumping all of everyone's money into a shell company. Yeah. Nice. Who would have thunk? If you listen to our podcast, you would have known. If you if you, you just take away one message, it was that. Uh, so yeah, absolutely wild stuff. Um, on that front, but Matt, let's get into uh, Survivor Forty Three, our buffs and snuff Survivor segment here, brought to you by our friends at Tomahawk Shades. There's no better way to protect your eyes watching Survivor than with the blue light plus glasses from Tomahawk Shades. Get your blue light glasses, sunglasses. They've got watches, hoodies, shirts. They got the undrafted shirts for Chris Hogan, who is an owner of the company, uh, on their website. And you guys can use code USP at checkout for 25% off your order at tomahawkshades.com. That's code USP for 25% off your blue light glasses, sunglasses, and everything in between at tomahawkshades.com. Code USP. Our streak has come to an end, Matt. James voted out in a double tribal council, which I feel like, you know, we should have a little asterisk uh, next to our pick there. You know, not not every day you get a double tribal this late in the season. Uh, but James voted out, unbeknownst to him, kind of blindsided a bit, not very happy he was voted out. Um, unfortunate end to our, our runner-up streak. Yeah, it all started to turn in the last, like, two episodes where it was like, he still seemed like he was in a, a good position, but it just, some cracks started to show. Didn't love the, uh, the, the sour exit. I always, you know, I get it, you know, who am I to say? Uh, but I, I always kind of like when they're just like, yeah, you know, Lasky. He definitely, there's not bitter jurors anymore. I don't know that that's really a thing. James feels like, though, if this is like the... Early 2010s, he is a, a bitter juror going yeah. on, a, on a tear at someone at Final Tribal, which admittedly does provide some entertainment. But, yeah, a bummer. Um, it felt like for a while like he was a good pick. Um, I will say his at least believed partner, Carla, is uh, 
is someone that I'm really interested in for, for the rest of the season. I think she's been very good. Someone that I, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of faith in to, to do well, but for James, it's a bummer. Um, yeah, I, I the, the split up and then double votes. I kind of like, I think it, it sort of forces people to put themselves in a little bit of jeopardy and, and, you know, you kind of speed things up. And also I think had the potential for kind of bigger moves, you know, when you, when you break into to smaller things like that, the, the steal vote was like, I had no idea where it was going when, when the steal vote got, I was like, what is happening? That, that was crazy <laughs> that this is going on. James leaves with an advantage in his pocket, as far as we know, uh, with the knowledge of power. Um, and I mean, I was thinking about this as, as I was watching the episode too. I'm curious if, cause obviously they shoot the seasons back to back, but I'm curious season 45. I feel like the shot in the dark might be dead. Yeah. The shot in the dark does not feel like a, uh, I feel like it's really not been a, a huge hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess too, cause it's never worked. Yeah. So it's like, if it doesn't have that big moment, it's not stuck into our mind, but yeah, I feel like it's been like nothing. This, I feel like it got mentioned once with Gabler mm-hmm. and I think that's like it. I, I really can't remember off the top of my head. It being like a prevalent part I think of it. It's season. only been used twice. Yeah. Since it's inception in season 43 or season 41. So I think season 45 might put the, uh, I think it's just cause you, really have to be absolutely desperate to yeah it, or like just very misinformed about you like your place and, and like just have no clue what's happening get like anxious about it but yeah so we'll see how that all plays out but moving forward we got three members of the jury now uh as ryan was also voted out which i'm kind of happy about i i wasn't like the biggest fan of just like his all over the placeness in the game like he felt like an ultimate wild card, and I think I like that more on the jury, to be honest. Like, to see how, you know, he decides to, uh, you know, determine his final vote when it's all said and done. But He had his hands in a little bit of everything, too. Yeah. Uh, I was a little surprised to see him go. It felt like, he felt like, to me, like a classic, like, top five, top six finish, just mm-hmm. because, like, didn't really seem like a threat to win, and it felt like no one really, like, had any, didn't really feel like there was a big reason to get rid of him, but... I guess you know the people on the island know better than i do yeah so moving forward now it seems like uh everybody's scrambling again and everybody's name is being thrown into the the mix uh in terms of being voted out but what did you make from uh you know just the the scenes we saw for this week's episode and where you think we're gonna we're gonna head uh this was a lot of uh setup for like cody right to be uh, i think so to be in like some hot water it never quite goes that way. No. Um, there's like stuff about Jesse too. I, I think about like wanting to to get like an advantage or something. Um, we never do. They, they're good at the previews now. They know. They know how. They know mm-hmm. exactly how to get us. They know exactly. It's this has been the hardest season for me to like have yeah. a read on. Um, we play fantasy and you have to like put your votes in on who you think is gonna. And I've just been with terrible whiffing hard this season on my votes. I've, I, you know. Um, like two or three weeks ago, Sarah asked me, she's like, who, like, who should I be putting my votes on? I was like, here's who I think is completely safe. I was like, I can't imagine Gene being voted out. And I think Ryan is safe. And Gene got voted out that night. And the only other person who got voted was Ryan, who is now also out of the game. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. I've, I've been wrong on everything this season. It's that. And I feel like, you know, there hasn't been that many advantages or idols found this season either, which kind of like, makes it just like classic survivor almost 
uh, in an accelerated format, which is kind of interesting. Like, we haven't seen that many advantages found or people actively seeking them. And then the only other advantages we've known of are when people have gone on those journeys early in the season. Yeah. Those have been, like, the only things, really, I think, of, of note. Um, so going into tonight, who do you think is completely safe that we'll end up talking about being voted out next week? I, I would actually be, and I hope I'm not putting the stink on her. I would be shocked to see Carla. I feel like she's like, seems under the radar. I don't like, I feel like she's not someone that has gotten a lot of uh, negative attention from anyone. Mm-hmm. And I think she's like a, a good control of the game. She has some advantages as well. Um, so I, I like Carla. I think that's, that's who I've been getting a good feeling about for the rest of the season, but I've been wrong about everything, but I, I would be surprised to see Carla go home. Cause it, that feels, that would feel kind of out of the blue. I've been surprised how long Sammy stuck around. Yes. Um, me too. And I think he's kind of grown into the game a little bit. He seems to have like actually like a pretty good read on the game from what we see again, who it's, knows? And I, especially <laughs> since like he's 19 and everyone no, still he's thinks 22. he's 22. He's 22. That's like such a big, big gap, big gap. I was just saying like, if you're going to lie about your age, Make it like twenty seven. You know, yeah. like make it so that you've like graduated. You know, like because still people think of like someone at twenty two and they're like, "Well, you're a student." Yeah, like what did you like just get a? You know, like it's not. It is fascinating to me though that that hasn't. Not that it's a big thing, but like that hasn't like been revealed at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess he must just be able to sell it well. I don't know. <laughs> it just feels weird to lie about your age by like three years. Like yeah. it's just not. I don't know that you're really changing all that much. <laughs> uh, and then it seems like Owen is kind of the uh, the wild card right now. Yeah, Owen got into like the, the argument with James about the votes and things like that. Um, that felt like kind of the, some of the impetus for James maybe being voted out. Owen does seem a little bit on the outside, though. You know, like gets his vote stolen and uh, was outside of the vote the previous week, which led to that flare between him and James. So, um interested to see how how he uh makes out in this episode so we'll see how that all plays out make sure you guys follow at buffs and snuffs on twitter uh and follow us at underground phi twitter and instagram make sure you follow matt on twitter at matt castarina follow me at kbizzl311 subscribe to the podcast feed on apple Podcasts, spotify uh wherever you get your podcasts we are there And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of every single podcast on our network. It's youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Matt, I figured we'd end with this. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, Just list some things that we're thankful for. Oh, man. Thankful for my health. Uh, As I get older, I take that for granted less and less. Just waking up every day, being healthy, being able to do like your your normal routine as it is. Uh, very thankful for that. Thankful for my family, uh, my, my blood and added family, present company included. Um, yeah, I'm just, as you like, you get older, I just feel like the, it becomes a little, you take you take a lot of happiness and joy out of just the little stuff. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to being very full and happy tomorrow. Uh, big belly with, uh, with some soccer and, and football on to, to enjoy my time. Absolutely. Uh, I think I echo those, you know, family, thankful for this guy right next to me. Uh, get to talk every single week with him, uh, talking sports, stuff that we love for the last almost five years has been just like a dream that uh, I don't think we would have ever thought, you know, 
back in high school <laughs> that would be possible. Um, Didn't know what a podcast was in no, high school. I was no <laughs> clue. It was that app on the phone that it was like, what the heck is this? And here we are, you know, turning it into, you know, hopefully something that is a, a full-blown career for us at some point. Um, and, you know, just thankful for our whole crew, you know, Dom, Dylan, uh, DJ, Pitts, Stephen McAvoy, the whole crew who, uh, you know, do great work for us and uh, have turned this thing into a whole-blown media company. And, uh, you know, just thankful for uh, just the opportunities that we get afforded every single day. And uh, the whole family, whole Kit Kat and Caboodle. And like you said, uh, being full tomorrow is going to hit quite different. Uh, it's going to be great to just kind of sit back, enjoy, and be in, what was that, uh, fourth level of hell, gluttony? Yes, I think. <laughs> so or there third. it is. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you. Thankful for everybody who listens and tunes into this show as well. It means a lot to us. And uh, make sure you subscribe. Tell everybody at your Thanksgiving dinner tables to subscribe. And a uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. This has been episode number 484 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Till next time, we are signing off. Peace. Oh,